time for the WJR Sportsbook? You bet. Sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Now here are your hosts, Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. This is so very exciting. You know, when we were kicking an idea around about uh, a Monday night sports program, uh, it was interesting because what better night than Monday? You know, Monday night football during the NFL season. Uh, talk about all the sports news from the weekend before. It all made sense. But then every once in a while, there's a lot of news that breaks on a Monday uh, that we can talk about. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to talk about it. How are you? I'm Steve Courtney. Jamie Edmonds here. I've been talking about it on TV. Let's do it on the radio, too. You know what? Uh, you're all over the board. Yes. And wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, we begin uh, by once again thanking our presenting sponsor, the fine folks at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. We've got a developing story on that coming up as this uh, program unfolds. Uh, meanwhile, James, it was a very, very good day for the Detroit Lions Football Club Incorporated. It started out so great. Hard knocks. Woo! And then there's a bigger announcement after that. It's been a great day for the Detroit Lions. Well, the truth be told, uh, the Lions, the speculation anyway, for the last few years has been it's your turn and uh you know when matt patricia was here he was absolutely 1000 percent against it yeah, he didn't want anybody between his you know behind closed doors well and For you, what when to you win look, three games yeah and when you look back on that time again just as an example players couldn't talk to staff members Staff members couldn't talk to players. They had to, like, avert their eyes. Like, don't look at them directly. Crap like that. You know, it's like you're at a Neil Diamond concert and you can't look at the dude in his eyes for crying out loud. I never understood that. I think it divided the franchise, but that's another story for another time. Uh, But as it turns out, they will be featured on Hard Knocks. And that is a lot to go through. And I know that there's a lot of diehard Lions fans saying, oh, great, now we get Dan Campbell going into his second year and he's going to deal with this and it's going to be a distraction. And, uh, you know, because you're talking a lot of hours being recorded, uh, this, that, the other thing. Uh, I think Dan Campbell is going to be a huge star uh, and you take it from there. Well, I think Dan Campbell has become a huge star already without seeing behind-the-scenes stuff. And you talk about hours, it's 1,750 hours of footage that they're planning on shooting. You're going to get some gems. I mean, look what he's doing at the press conferences. What's he doing in the team meeting? Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, Hard Knocks is what it is. Uh, It is about as realistic a report, if you will, on NFL life as there is because it obviously takes it through training camp and it leads to uh, the hardest day in a head coach slash staff's uh, season, and that is cuts. Mm -hmm. And it's sometimes very sad because you get a chance to know, and this is the first time we're going to see it with uh, our Detroit Lions, but you get a chance to know all these dudes that have severe NFL dreams and they out there busting their you know what's and they think they're good enough mm-hmm. and they're not and they have families yes and they're trying their best and they're good people and then the coach has to cut them it's tough to watch 
It is, but it's very well done. And for the first time, this is going to be the training camp edition, obviously, of Hard Knocks because uh, this past season they introduced the in-season Hard Knocks with the Indianapolis Colts. And it was a different dynamic. Still, I thought, very well done. I watched it. Yeah. Uh, but different because, you know, you're established and you're going through the peaks and valleys of an NFL season. But what was interesting about the in-season version was how everybody is handling adversity. And obviously the Colts handled some. Right. I don't. I didn't like it as much. I like this portion of the season where there are cuts to be made that you don't know what your identity is yet. You don't know what your depth is going to be yet. So you have to see these guys perform. I like the surprises of some guy outperforming, you know, and he gets to stay. I just think that part is a little bit more interesting. But HBO does such a great job with all of this that I'm so I'm just very excited. Well, it's going to be interesting because, you know, you're talking about uh, an NFL team in the Detroit Lions that, uh, quite frankly, are still trying to find themselves. Uh, We saw this team fight very, very hard uh, last year in Dan Campbell's first year, and it equated to a 313 in one season. Um, Is it a distraction? Well, you know what? You're surrounded by cameras at each and every turn. You're not going to be used to that. There's no way you can prepare for that. Uh, So it is going to be different for this Lions team uh, as long as the HBO crew is here. Uh, but at the same time, I'm very excited to see the finished product. And some Detroit Lions who are Detroit Lions now have experience with this, I believe. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, it just dawned on me. You, you know who else could be uh, very good on this is Jared Davis. Because yeah, he's come welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, I think uh, made for TV, if you will. Yeah, I was a little shocked that they brought him back, but welcome. I'm very glad. I, I, I was a big jared davis guy while he was here just make him the missile that he's supposed to be and everything will be just fine wow i didn't know that okay you've seen some potential there oh absolutely no doubt about that then we find out the other great piece of news as it applies to the lions uh rod wood team president uh has been saying for a while that uh it is the goal of he and sheila fordham uh to get the nfl draft to detroit And, you know, he would say it so often that I think eventually a lot of us in the media were saying, well, okay, good luck with that. Well, today we find out that uh, via the meetings in FLA right now, the 2024 uh, 2024 National Football League draft will be right here in the D. This is so exciting. And when we thought about it, when it wasn't really, it was just a dream, I was thinking it would be at the Fox and, you know, the draft would happen in there. Oh, no, it's going to be outside at Campus Martius. And the people, just like kind of Nashville, uh, they said to look at what Vegas does. Hopefully we have good weather. But it's going to be outside, and fans can be right there while Goodell's making the picks. Well, you know, and, you know, we've got a lot to offer. You know, I'm very proud of the city of Detroit. And when we had the Super Bowl in 2006, I was saying this earlier on uh, Mitch's show, and I'll say it again. Uh, got some friends out of town media that dreaded the fact that the Super Bowl in 2006 was here. It's going to be cold. Is it going to snow? What the hell is there to do in Detroit? And it, it came. Uh, Steelers. I was going to say, Were you who, here? Won, who won that? No, I stayed in Pittsburgh for this. All right. Uh, they beat the Seahawks. And to their credit, a lot of my buddies called and said, hey, I just got to let you know. Uh, it was very 
well-planned, very well-executed. Everything was accounted for. There was plenty to do. We were well-fed, very important from the media standpoint. Right. And uh, they I enjoyed the their parties stay. were off the hook. Oh, they were just outstanding. It was a tremendous couple of weeks leading up to it. And, you know, the city of Detroit in 2006, a different place than where it is now. Um, and they're going to hit the ground running. And it's going to be an amazing event because that riverfront is beautiful. Yeah. I wish it was like May because the weather would be a little bit better. But maybe we get lucky and maybe it's a little bit warmer. But I talked to the Downtown Detroit Partnership CEO, Eric mm-hmm. Larson, today for TV. And he was saying that Ford Field and LCA will be used in some capacity, uh, but they're going to focus on the draft and the buildup to the draft at Campus Martius, but also use Hart Plaza and people walking oh, sure. around, you know, by the river and stuff. I think it's going to be fantastic. There's a lot of venues in, like you say, James, uh, late April. You don't know. It's a coin toss. Right. Uh, like but, today, it's like 20 degrees outside. Yeah. Well, we still got them. Um, a month to go, <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen, but uh, the, the point is we have got a city and we've got venues to, um, show this great city in a wonderful light. Yeah. And pre pandemic Nashville generated like 225 million bucks for the local economy. Oh yeah. And they didn't have any projections of numbers for this yet. They have 24 months to plan, but it's going to be a lot. It's going to be good. It's going to be wonderful for the economy. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it on this show. Uh, Detroit Lions fans are diehards. And they, uh, uh, one of the great fan bases in all of sport because we have been kicked in the teeth mm-hmm. uh, time and time again. But guess what? Every fall, there we are. Right. We're waiting. We're waiting. And like we were saying earlier, when we host that 2024 draft, Hopefully, we'll be picking 28th. Yeah, we don't want to be top at that point. No. One last thing. I saw the pitch video that they sent to the NFL. And, like, all the Detroit who's who was in it. I just love that people came together for this. Gilbert, Mike Tirico voiced it, our friend. Uh, Barry Sanders was in it. You had, you know, kids in it. It was, like, so well done. Well, and when you saw that uh, it was pared down to Detroit, uh, Green Bay, a lot of history there, obviously, and Washington, D.C. It's like, well, all right, here we go. Uh, I'm sure some were saying, hey, at least we're a finalist. Right. So to win is absolutely awesome. I think it's great. I'm very, very excited. All right, folks, uh, welcome to the WJR Sportsbook. Steve and Jamie here with you. When we return, what an NCAA tournament it was, huh? But when all is said and done, it is an all-blue-blood Final Four. We'll talk about that coming up here on WJR. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Yeah, and speaking of Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort, this year, WJR Sportsbook, we will be originating this broadcast uh, from there next Monday uh, in honor of the national championship game. How about that? Speaking of being excited, Mondays are off the hook. <laughs> One thing after another. Yes. You know, you just can't, you just can't stop it. Try and keep up people. Uh, the final four. We now know the participants in new Orleans, six o'clock, uh, actually six Oh nine. 
not 6, not 6-10, 6 start, Saturday night, number 2, Villanova. They beat number 5 seed Houston, 50-44 on Saturday night. Uh, number 1, Kansas. They took care of number 10, Miami, <laughs> in a strange game, 76-50. Uh, that on Sunday. How about the Jayhawks outscoring the U, 47-15 in the second half? They are just, they reload, and they're always good. I was expecting a little more from Miami, for crying out loud. I was, too. After that pregame speech, did you watch yes. that? Yes. <laughs> and then the second half? <laughs> wow. Uh, Villanova, by the way, they've dealing with an issue. Their fine junior guard, Justin Moore, suffered a torn right Achilles uh, with under a minute to go in that tilt. He'll undergo surgery this week. Uh, you hate to see this. He was second on the team in points and assists, third in rebounds. I mean, right before the Final Four, that really does stink for them, and it's a big blow. Huge. Yeah. And I think it was actually 35 seconds left. 35 seconds left. And an injury of that magnitude takes That's place. That's terrible for that kid. Uh, 849 on Saturday night. Number eight, North Carolina. Uh, they ended the Cinderella story of number 15, St. Peter's, 69-49. That going down yesterday. Uh, I was really bummed for their fine head coach, Shaheen Holloway, and all those kids. Uh, you know, because here's the reality of what they're looking at. And I'm not saying it's going to happen. St. Peter's may never make it to the tournament again, let alone becoming the first 15 seed ever to make the Elite Eight. Yeah. I mean, looking forward, you don't know what's going to happen with them. You have to be happy for what happened this year and really appreciate it because, man, what a run. Oh, it was uh, probably unprecedented. Yeah. But here's another thing. It appears as though the aforementioned Shaheen Holloway, mm -hmm. is on his way to take over at Seton Hall. Wasn't this announced, like, right after the game? I don't like It was that. bannied about uh, maybe a little before. I don't know if it was a complete surprise to the Peacocks. Um, well, I hope not. Like, if it was going to come out like that, you know, they didn't even have time to, like, get back to their school. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, you're He's like, you're, bye. You're, you're bummed that you lost. Right. And you're thinking, okay, well, you know, we've got next year. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Coach is going to Seton Hall? I, I don't love the timing of that announcement. I think those kids deserve to sort of get back to their school and have a talk with their coach before this happens. Now, I don't know if he told them already. But if he did, then that's a distraction for the game. Well, it was, there were reports that it may end up this way. And usually where there's smoke, there's fire uh, when it brings stuff like this into play. But why can't you just wait till after the game? Why can't you do business in a better way, in my he opinion? He just, well, you know what? He seems like the type of guy. And I just saw him like everybody else in various interviews uh, during this epic run. And he seems to be a, an honest-to-goodness good guy. He did, and level-headed, and... Yeah, yeah, and, you know, uh, matter-of-fact, and, uh, you know, a competitor. He just wasn't happy to be there. He believed in this team. So maybe if he had his druthers, it would have been on his terms. But usually uh, with news of this nature, it's going to get out. Yeah, and that's what happened. So North Carolina will meet who? That would be number two Duke, who beat number four Kansas 78-69 on Saturday night. Uh, this is obviously a phenomenal rivalry.
How about this? North Carolina and Duke have played each other 257 times since 1920. Uh, they've competed in matchups of number one versus number two. They have battled frequently in the ACC tournament and have even faced off once in the 1971 NIT semifinals. Now, remember, North Carolina and Duke are located exactly eight miles apart. They have combined for 248 NCAA tournament wins. And yet. They have never. Met each other. In tournament play. Right. However, and how about this? Two programs have combined to play 334 NCAA tournament games. They have never faced each other through all those journeys. They've only been in the final four together one other time. That in 1991 when Coach K won his first championship. I mean, I think they set this up perfectly. First, Coach K had to meet up with Tom Izzo, and now this. It's like those schedulers knew what they were doing. Mike Krzyzewski has uh, taken the Blue Devils now to his 13th Final Four. North Carolina, this is their 21st Final Four in program history. So, you know, as I said at the beginning, you know, this was an unbelievably exciting tournament. It's pretty much become the norm right now. You get St. Peter's, the you know, you, you know, we've seen Loyola of Chicago. We've seen teams, you know, do well and become a Cinderella story. But still, at the end of the day, it's all about the Blue Bloods. Right. Like, after all these upsets, all the brackets that were busted this year, who's in the Final Four? The guys you think are going to be in the Final Four. North Carolina, Kansas, Villanova, Duke. Is Coach K the sentimental favorite in your in your mind? Yeah. Would you like to see him win another championship on his way out? Well, we know Blake doesn't want him to. Oh It'd be a real God. shame if he lost to North Carolina in the Final Four. You know, the hater. Yeah, had to bring the hater who into the conversation. Him, who beat him in his final yes. home game already. It would be a real shame. You know, here's how bad it is. <laughs> and I'm not embellishing. Every day I get here, I go down, say hello to Ken Brown. And Blake is right in back of Ken's office. Hey, Blake, what's happening, lad? If North Carolina is able to beat Duke, I wasn't, hey, Steve, how you doing? How was the week? If North Carolina beats Duke, I will be a happy man. A preemptive. What's I, the deal? I I mean, wouldn't it be funny? Just It would be a little funny if well, it, I'm kind he, of with Blake. his last game. He loses to his biggest rival. That's how he goes out. I don't need him to finish this thing out with a national championship. No. I just don't. <laughs> Why not, are you looking at me like that? Not you, too. You're rooting for Duke, Steve? <laughs> what? This oh, I see what's happening. One. I see what's <laughs> happening here. Oh, well, you the know tables what? have turned. <laughs> Maybe somebody involved in whatever this is, you know, has a little bit of Empathy, compassion, values, morals, scruples. Huh? You know, maybe the dude was there 42 years and you just want him kicked to the curb. The goodbye tour. Look at you. So very sad. I thought I knew each and every one of you. It's not like he hasn't won. All right. (laughs) It'd be a real shame. That's all I'm saying. And say I'm rooting for it. It'd just be a real shame. Moving forward, Duke. Heads into the Final Four as the consensus favorite to win the national title at Sportsbooks. But the Blue Devils will have to get past North Carolina, of course. What's the deal? This is the Sportsbook. Here we go. Duke has been installed as a four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Tar Heels 
in their Final Four showdown Saturday in New Orleans. Kansas is a four-point favorite over Villanelva in the other national semifinal. All right, so they'll be close games. Well, you would think. Many were under the impression that the second half of Miami and Kansas was going to be close. I, I just, I was talking to someone, I forget who, they were like, well, Duke, is, it's a down year for Duke. So Tom Izzo and the Spartans have a chance. Real down year. They're back in the Final Four. Well, I just am a big believer. Been around long enough. Sometimes destiny pl- comes into play, don't you think? You think he's going to finish it out with a title? That would be one heck of a way to finish it. For someone that no one's ever going to repeat this career at one school, like Coach K. No, th- th- those days are long gone. No one will be uh, at in a program for 42 years. Look, Tom Izzo has been in East Lansing running the ship for 27 years. That's a long time. And I think Tom loves this enough. I don't know how much longer he's going to go on. Uh, but, you know, he does love it. Um, but it's changed. You know, social media has changed the, the, the whole deal. Um, it, it's not the same as it was even 10 years ago. Right. It's definitely a different Name, world. image, and likeness. Yeah. Uh, you know, transfer portal. Uh, the whole dynamic has changed. Definitely. So... Anyway, make sure you're with us a week from tonight because yours truly, Jamie, will be doing this thing uh, leading up to the championship game from Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's going to be great. You're going to donate some money to the casino. You already said. Again. (laughs) Again. Um, You know, nothing new there. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I'm sure, based on my past history, when I pull up, there will be a red carpet and confetti. (laughs) Because they're all very happy to see me. You're one of those whales of oh, the soaring eagle. I wouldn't go quite that far, you know. But uh, I'm just a big believer in the law of average, for crying out loud. It's got to go my way sometime. That's what gamblers always say. That's what we say. Yeah. Uh, all right, folks. Don't go away when we return. Various and sundry. Uh, a lot going on. We'll catch up uh, with the Pistons, Red Wings, Tigers, you name it. We got it coming up. On the WJR Sportsbook. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook. Sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Uh, Before we plow ahead, uh, some unfinished business from uh, this afternoon's Mitch Album program. We are receiving word that actor Will Smith has indeed apologized to everyone. Everyone, including Chris Rock for his uh, unexpected behavior on the Oscars last night. I mean... So there you go. Should have been done sooner. You know, maybe it's just me, but I'm feeling a lot of love right now. Um, And maybe this would be a fine opportunity for my esteemed colleagues to uh, back up on their comments earlier of Coach Mike (laughs) Krzyzewski. Why? I feel the same. Be a real uh, shame. Apparently, uh, Blake hasn't been bitten by the love yet. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Nick? Oh, by the way. No comment. Welcome back, Nick. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you know, our, our, our fine producer, Nick Roddy, we go back a ways now. He has been the producer of the sports book since our... Since its inception. In August. An award-winning. An award-winning. Show. <laughs> an award-winning opening show. An award-winning program. 
So he's with us for like the first three episodes. Right. Oh, and come then on. Completely disappears. And then takes off. Right. And I find out, and I've known this for a while, uh, Nick is a fine basketball coach at Bloomfield Hills, the Hawks. Speaking of great basketball, when I saw Nick today, I said, how'd it go? He said, successful. And how successful were you? Uh, well, we were uh, 16-4 and four in the regular season. We won our league title. So uh, probably a little better than you expect. Yeah. Where's that clapping noise? Yeah, come on. Okay, but my argument and I think I said this to you along the way, you know, I, I, I appreciate and I support the fact that you're a uh, high school basketball coach. Do I not? You do. Yeah, very supportive. But at the same time, it's 2022. There's no way you could have done the radio show from the bench. <laughs> yeah, some we live looks. We could have plugged something in somewhere. How about you do the radio show from the game? <laughs> bring, yeah. the, bring the show on the road. Well, win a championship and maybe we'll talk Ooh. about okay. it. Okay. Oh, dear. I League also appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate you, Nick, because I was married to a high school basketball coach. He's not doing it right this second, but I've seen a lot of basketball in my life. And it's very exciting, isn't it? It, I, it is fun, actually, to see the kids improve throughout a season. So good for you. Thank you. All right, Nick. Nice to have you back. It's good to be back. Uh, and it just so happens he comes back the week before we go to Soaring Eagle. So That's just a coincidence, uh-huh. Steve. Coincidence? Yeah. I think not. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, let's talk Pistons, shall we? Uh, 7.30 p.m. tomorrow night. Uh, they will be in Brooklyn to face the Nets. Kyrie Irving made his home debut, as a matter of fact, last night in the loss to the Hornets. Kyrie not vaccinated, and they had this uh, private employee mandate, which was lifted, so he is now able to play at the Barclays Center. Pistons coming off the 104-102 loss to the Knicks yesterday at LCA. Pistons now have lost two in a row and four of their last five. But, as we said, always looking for positives, they were down 21. They came back. They had the ball with six seconds to go. So, Oh, they're scrappy. And, yeah. and, and look, uh, I think that the seeds for next season have been planted throughout the last two or three weeks. and you, With look, add another top four pick or something? You take that and, and you just go with it. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the season, and I think I speak for everyone, uh, when I say the season cannot end soon enough for our beloved winged wheelers, uh, they will host the New York Rangers 7.30 on Wednesday night at LCA. Wings lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins 11-2 yesterday. The losing streak now at three. Uh, it's just become uh, terrible. That was a tough watch yesterday. Well, you know, it's um, it's tough for, I think, everybody involved. And, again, the amazing thing is it wasn't all that long ago. What, a month? Four episodes that we were saying, hey, you know? Maybe. Red Wings still in wild card conversation. They still had some work to do. Um, but the things went south uh, very, very quickly. Eleven to two is an embarrassing loss, and so is ten to seven to Toronto in February. And then I worry the, about Blashell now. Well, you know, it all depends on, you know, how Stevie Y thinks things are going. I mean, uh, clearly, uh, you know, when he took over, the pantry was empty, and he's done some moves and he's made some trades and. Um, you know, clearly there's still a long way to go. But I think as it applies to Jeff Blaschel, who I've got a lot of respect for. But Me too. I like uh, him. Nobody 
consults us. <laughs> I think Jeff is a solid, solid hockey guy. But what kind of a toll is this taking on him? Right. How long has he been here now? I, I could look it up. Five years? I think it's I five think. years. Yeah. yeah. I mean. But, I mean, you know, his after his first year, they were playoff bound. And then they've been uh, on the outside looking in since. And he has but, not had talent. We, no. we give that to him. But I don't know. They're limping to the end here. That's just not a good look. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, sometimes you just get to the end and uh, you regroup. Because this this isn't any fun for anybody involved right now. Uh, the Red, Win- Red Wings right now, 26, 32, and 8. Um, As they say, the struggle is real. <laughs> Well, wait a minute. Let me redo this here. What are you doing over there? I'm just bringing up the uh, the current standings. Yeah, 26, 32, and 8. You know, which, all right. But at the same time, not the movement towards improvement you were hoping to see. No. And I just looked up the Pistons. They have 20 wins. The Red Wings have 26 wins. It's been a tough sledding at LCA. Well, the good news is, as far as hockey goes, Michigan, uh, complete with their star-laden roster that includes four of the top five picks in the 2021 NHL draft. They dispatch of uh, Quinnipiac 7-4 yesterday in the NCAA hockey tournament, securing the final bid to next month's Frozen Four. So good news for uh, Michigan all Mich- the way around. Michigan hockey in the Frozen Four, good for them. Western Michigan didn't advance, but they had a fantastic season. And I got an email about mentioning Adrian Hockey. I believe they won the D3 National Championship. There you go. And we would be remiss getting back to our basketball coverage, not wishing Michigan good luck. They uh, reached their first ever Elite Eight. Uh, They are in action tonight, as a matter of fact, at nine. Michigan, a three seed. They draw number one Louisville. That's going to be a ball game. Good luck to their fine head coach, Kim Barnes, Arico. Uh, they are, were upset by Nebraska, 76-73, you'll recall, in the Big Ten tournament quarterfinal. That did not go over very well. No. Uh, and they've made the most of their disappointment. This run is historic. They're in the Elite Eight for the first time in program history. It's a rematch with Louisville, a team that they lost to in, I don't know, December or just sometime in the regular season. They're pumped. This is another thing I did on TV today. You know Nas Hillman, their big star. Yeah. She comes from basketball dynasty. Her mom was an All-American at Vanderbilt. Her grandma played basketball at Cleveland State. Wow. Yes. So she's got a great family story, and I'm rooting for them. Was she ever coached by Nick Roddy? <laughs> no, they're from Cleveland. Did not Cleveland. have the pleasure, no. These, this family's from Cleveland. <laughs> so. Oh, all right. So she didn't have the opportunity. Uh, Tigers. Uh, they fall to the Yankees earlier 11-7. Tigers enjoying an off day tomorrow. Uh, they will be in Clearwater, 105, Wednesday afternoon to take on the Phillies. Tigers, 4-5 and five right now in Grapefruit League play. Opening day, April 8th, right around the corner when they play host to the White Sox. That's going to be great. I really think the young guys are going to be here. Well, you know, uh, it was interesting uh, to see Chris Illich uh, speak to the media uh, down there in Lakeland. And he gives uh, Al Avila, general manager, all the credit in the world, A.J. Hinch, all the credit in the world. And people wanted to talk to Chris about, you know, how he voted in the in the deal about the luxury tax cap and, you know, this, mm-hmm. that, and the other thing. And 
you know, at the end of the day, uh, everybody was wondering when Chris Illich was going to open up the purse strings. And he did. Yeah, they spent over $200 million. But they were asking him about the vote prior to the ratification of the CBA. And he kept answering, like, I voted with all the all the owners. It's like, yeah, but that's not what was asked of you. I noticed that, I'm just saying. Yeah, but I mean, uh, it was a matter of, you know, and this is so boring to the uh, listener about, you know, they wanted the cap to go uh, up $10 million or whatever the case may be. Uh, I think, uh, you know, given their druthers, Baseball fans just wanted to see baseball. And it's back, and it'll be back here in, what, a week and a half. And I can't wait. Hopefully it's a uh, nice day, but we've had snow <laughs> on opening days in years gone by. Last year, it had that blizzard when Miggy hit the home run. Yeah, gonna be. Uh, I think it's going to be a very exciting season. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I do, too. I do, too. All right. Uh, we've got more of the WJR Sportsbook coming your way. Leave it here. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. All right, it has been a while since uh, we have placed wagers. As we look at the Final Four, in New Orleans, again, 609 Saturday night, number two Villanova, number one Kansas. Which way are you looking at this thing right now? Got to press on. I think Kansas wins that. But you agree, so we can't bet. Yeah, I don't think we have a bet, especially when you consider Justin Moore uh, suffering that torn right Achilles. Obviously not going to be available. I think that's going to hurt Villanova. Me too. So uh, no bet on that one. Meanwhile, this one is uh, promising. Uh, Number eight, North Carolina. Number two, Duke. 849-ish Saturday night in New Orleans. Well, we know you love Coach K, so you're picking Duke, right? Well, listen, you know, <laughs> love is strong. I, I respect Mike Krzyzewski. I, I, I appreciate what he's done over 42 years, uh, 13th Final Four. And I am a big believer in destiny that, you know, this is all playing out for a reason. 42 years, you leave on a national championship. Okay. Much like Tom Brady should have left after a Super Bowl championship. But I agree, but that's all muddled otherwise. now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I will take Duke gladly. Okay. I'll give that to you. I'll take UNC. All right, so I'll give you four. Okay. And a half. I, give me that half. Yeah. You, <laughs> I need oh it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I need that half. You're, oh, you're giving me the hook, pal. <laughs> Don't think for a second you're not. <laughs> Holy mackerel. All right, we're on. Okay. Uh, and then Is, we can. Are uh, all my other bad bets forgiven? We'll start fresh. Yeah, because I haven't seen you roll a keg in uh, <laughs> lately. So, yeah, that was then. This is now. And, uh, you know, theoretically, we can make good on the wager at Soaring Eagle. I was just going to say, they have drinks there. Oh, yes, they do. So, <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> uh, so, that will be one week from tonight. Yours truly, along with Jamie at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort taking you up to the championship game in the NCAA. Uh, I do want to mention this. Uh, The NFL owners uh, meeting in FLA, and one of the things uh, on the docket, uh, a lot of momentum for changing NFL overtime rules. Competition Committee Chairman uh, Rich McKay uh, said this past Friday, 
It is unclear whether enough owners will agree on a specific proposal when they gather uh, in Palm Beach, which is in, in full effect. At the moment, two proposals are under consideration. The Colts and the Eagles have proposed making it mandatory for each team to have an overtime possession before moving to sudden death. The Titans, meanwhile, proposed a tweak that would implement mandatory possession for each team unless the team that has the first possession scores a touchdown and converts a successful two-point attempt. I mean... Now, that's just piling on. It's getting so confusing. Why? I do think that it needs to be changed because we just talked about the Josh Allen not even getting the football in one of the great games. That was criminal. Why can't you just make a five-minute overtime? Just time it. What happens, happens. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. Again, the NFL wanted to make the coin toss less of a factor. But in essence, it still is a factor. Well, it's a huge factor now. If you win and you score a touchdown, the game's over. Right. But if you win and you kick a field goal, the other team has a chance of possession. I don't understand that. I don't like it. I mean, if if the team that wins the coin toss scores on the opening possession, like the Kansas City Chiefs did in one of the epic games you'll ever see against the Bills, Josh Allen on fire. You know, the Chiefs win the coin toss. They go on to score a touchdown game over. Why shouldn't the other team get a chance? Because the thought is defense wins championships. Okay, you just scored a touchdown. You're up. Now let your defense win it for you. But if it's timed, then your defense is important, your offense is important, strategy is important, special teams is important. Time it. I just think it's um, just not right to make it if you score a touchdown. It doesn't make any sense to me. Me neither. We agree on that. If you score a touchdown after winning the toss, after game's 60 over. minutes. Right. Yeah. But if it's a field goal, all right, bring the other team out, give them a chance. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. Zero. And uh, we saw some crucial overtimes in the postseason last year. And, right. and you know, it's it's got to be fair because there's so much at stake. I agree. Now, I don't understand the Titans deal because it's pretty much the same, but you got to go for a two-point conversion. I mean, the, the t- get out of here, Titans. I don't like that. Uh, I'd like, I like I like the Colts and Eagles thing. I think they're on to something here. But it remains to be seen whether or not uh, there's going to be enough votes. Uh, Nick, what do you say? Are you in favor of uh, overturning overtime as we know? No, I say leave it. That's I say, I say half of your team is playing defense. You should be able to stop them. But what sense does it make? If you win the toss well, okay. and score so, a touchdown, okay. so if you, game over. If but you, if you just kick a field no, goal. Hang on. So if you if you win the toss and you score a touchdown, the other team comes on, they score a touchdown, you get the you get the ball back, you score a touchdown, the winner of the coin toss wins anyways. So like the coin toss still matters because then the team to get the ball next would just win. So right. but with everything at, at, at stake. At, 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 at the end of the day, you're going to have to stop someone. Right, but at the end, okay. In a timed overtime. Hello? Okay, you could bring time into it. But also, after you score a touchdown, you bring the other team on. Defense still has to make a stop to get the win. But the fairness comes in with everything at stake in the NFL. Both teams get a possession. You play 60 minutes, and both teams get a possession. Now the other defense has to make a play. They do, game's over. If I were looking for compromise, I would do the old college rule where you put them at the 30-yard line and you let them go in and, and alternate possessions like that. That's what I would do.
it's a hell of a lot fairer than what they've got going on right now. I, I could talk about this forever, but we're out of time. Uh, we will be at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort one week from tonight. Hopefully you'll be with us. For Jamie, I'm Steve. Thanks for listening to WJR.